Welcome again to Lay It on the Table. Thank you guys for joining us once again. It's a Saturday morning, beautiful outside. It's in like the going up to the 60s. It's in like the 40s, but Texas here is always changing. So a couple days it'll be like 70. So, <laughs> but uh, we're glad you're here. We're glad you joined us again. And uh, as always, if you have any questions or concerns, hit us up on our Instagram. John, what's that? Lay it on dot the table. Oh, lay it on dot the table. That's right. Um, so let's get this uh, started. As usual, we have myself, Aaron, and John. Hey, what's up, guys? guys. And Brian. He said, "What's up already?" And we have two special guests today. We're going to do something we call the meetup, and we're just going to have a conversation, let that organically flow, and let the Holy Spirit work. And so we got two special guests. If y'all want to introduce yourself, uh, Pastor Isaac, straight out of Ghana, right? Yep. All right, go ahead. To, and, and then we have uh, Pastor Roxon. He's our pastor. My wife and I. Yes. Say hello. Is yeah, that all you got? Guys, yes. He's got a booming voice normally, guys. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Today, we're just going to get in there and get to know these guys and, and see what Christ is doing in, in their side of the world. And, and Pastor, he's here with us most of the time, but uh, Pastor Isaac is straight from Ghana. Where are you from in Ghana? From the western part of Ghana. Okay. What, That's what's right here? Ah, this is that right. <laughs> Who can say that? Which one of you Americans can say that? <laughs> Not me. I tried earlier. I did. Takurade. Yeah. Uh, ta- I-, I couldn't even do that. Yeah, it started with T. Okay. Uh, All right. I- T-A-K-O-R-A-D-I. I can't even do that in my head. Takarade. T-A-K-O-R-A-D-I. Okay. Takarade. It's like watching infants try to speak, Pastor. Takarade. Sounds like a martial art. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Um... And and you, what's the name of your church? My my the name of my church, Christian Faith Church International. Oh, you're international. Yes, international. Ah, that's cool. So, um, you got a big congregation, or what's it like out there? Just tell us a little bit about it. Oh, it started. It's, my church started around 1983. Uh huh. Oh wow. And uh, where I am is the central, the main church, and then we have about 56 pastors, and then we have about 45 churches all over Ghana. Oh, that's amazing. We have we have four in the United States. We have two in UK. Oh, wow. And uh, I think that, that's, we are, we are spreading now. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. And uh, how long, how do you all know each other, you and Pastor Roxon? Uh, Pastor Roxon has been my friend. He was introduced to me by a pastor friend. Mm-hmm. He came to minister in my church powerfully. Mm-hmm. God moved that day. And uh, since that time, we became one. Oh, you are best of his son. So about 10 years now. <laughs> yeah. What do you got to say about that, Pastor? Yeah, he's Let, a tell very us about good yourself. Yeah, so he's a very powerful man of God. Uh, Apostle Daglasofoli happens to be the whole international coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, also the deputy general of ACA. So he's a very big man right there. And he has a very big congregation. Yeah, very that's big congregation. Yeah, yeah. So also a very kind man. I mean, for all the French pastors, I see him as a unique. You see, you have to test the spirit and know the kind of person you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mess up with anybody. I want to mess up with people who make me to heaven. And he's the guy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. yeah. Amen. yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Pastor Roxon, because they don't know you even though I do. Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Pastor Roxon, but not under Roxon. I've been in this country for over 20 years. Yeah. Uh, I'm a citizen of this nation. I started a church, I think, uh, in 19, uh, 20. For uh, 20, oh, look at the time, it's, great. it's, it's getting fast. <laughs> yeah. 2006. I hear that. Yes, 2006, we started Mount Zion Priest Church. And gradually, we're moving by the grace of God. 
uh, happened to have a very beautiful wife mm -hmm. with three kids. Mm -hmm. uh, the Lord is blessing us. And then, as usual, you know, uh, the church is growing. We just purchased a building. Mm -hmm. The Lord blessed us with a building. And I'm also a uh, senior pastor in Hudson Baptist Church in uh, Saliando, California, helping yeah. them over there. So I have to be here two weeks and be there two weeks as well. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's been a big thing, man. It's been a yeah. big thing. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. And uh, we're just normal American dudes. We're just your Yeah, we just grew up in Texas and love Jesus and read our Bible and Amen. discuss it on air. So that's what we do as a podcast. We just want to spread the truth and uh, discuss Christianity and what that looks like. So tell us a little bit about Ghana. What's it like worshiping Christ, like being a Christian? And is it difficult? Is it, you know, we got a lot of things in, in, in America where we are so distracted by life right around us what you know what whether it's the american dream quote unquote to have the house the car the wife the kids the etc etc right and it's all the things and kind of focuses on us and sometimes we bring that into our walks as christians and things like that and so those are kind of the things we talk about here at late on the table so we just kind of want to get an idea of what it's like from two people that are from another country what 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 it looks like god's work in that in that country and y'all feel free to talk about anything you'd like to talk about maybe maybe more like along the lines of what's the biggest challenge that you guys face with uh preaching to people in ghana like what are they yeah what's the, what are they bringing into the church that is a challenge for sure yeah um in ghana it's a People respond to the gospel, but yeah, you know, praise God for that. <laughs> like, like, like we are, they have been saying, there's yeah. poverty, there's lack of education, lack of education, and mm. you know, so many things, so many challenges. Though people respond, they they have problem with, you know, moving forward, growing in God, because there are certain amenities that you need to be able to help you. To serve God, so God has become their everything. Mm. They are praying. You come to Ghana. Let me say Ghana, in western part of Ghana where I am, people are very spiritual. They are fasting. They are reading the Bible. Some of them go into the forest to pray. Twenty-one days they are fasting because they believe that God has to give them everything. Mm. Unlike this country where everything is at your disposal, mm -hmm. you can just get it without praying. And just mm -hmm. get without even fasting. But in Africa, it's not like that. You be, have to believe God for everything, almost for everything. So that is the challenge that we pastors face in, in Ghana. Because when people come, they have to eat. When people come, they have to dress up, you know. They need to take care of their, their families and things like that. So life, Christian life over there is not as easy as I can say it is here. Mm. But people are trying. Uh, what I'll add to that is that uh, I, I happen to be here for a while. And since I'm from Ghana, I can give good perspective as to how it is. Uh, the problem here is that uh, people have been brainwashed that you can be successful through prayers. And that is not true. Okay. I don't believe in that. Yeah. You have to work till the land with your hands. Okay. Uh, the ministry over there said that everything you need, let's pray. If you need education, let's pray. If you need money, let's pray. It doesn't come like that. You need to study to pass and have A. Okay. You don't pray to have A. And another thing is that, you see, uh, people have the perception that it is true. We have to rely on God. We have to behave on God. We have to let God be our backbone. But at the same time, too, we have to be smart. 
work with our hands, be knowledgeable with books, and then progress in life. When you look at the Christianity in Ghana, I would say that about 80% are Christians and love God. And they are serious with God based upon the mindset that for you to have everything, you have to have it from God. So by so doing, people are more dedicated, more committed to the things of God, and they take God serious. Which means that if you put a job and you put God, they, they will take God. Unlike here, people will take job because if you don't work, you don't pay bills. God will not come and pay bills for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to work to pay bills. So the difference is that here, for instance, I have seen that the old people love God than the youth. It is opposite in Ghana. They're studying for their finals. Yes. In, in Ghana, <laughs> the youth love God. They love God. That's interesting. The old people love God. You see, the youth are more knowledgeable in the things of God because they know for them to have a better future, for them to be where they want to be, they need to be Christians, they need to be prayerful, they need to be committed to attain higher status in community. So by so doing, every youth, whether you want to be successful, you don't want to be, you don't want to be behind, you want to be successful. So by so doing, you rely mostly on God. Right. Here in the United States, they don't like the little credit card. <laughs> people have credit card, people have inheritance, so they don't mind. So they, there is no need even seeking for God at your youth stage. And everybody wants to be successful. You want to be successful, just get a job. Get a good job, go to school to be successful. Right. But in the mindset over there, for you to be successful, you need God. And so that makes them more committed, more related, more inclined, and more active. In church, um, I was going to ask: Does the church body in Ghana is, is there persecution, and are, are they? Are, is there um, other faiths, or just e- even non-believers, or just just evil influences that are they're really pushing back against the church? And if so, how do y'all? How are y'all dealing with it there? Yeah, uh, in Ghana, it's not the persecution is not physical. Mm. Nobody comes to church to attack you, mm. but it comes to spiritual, and uh, you have to be more prayerful, more spiritual, and more powerful to be able to protect your church. Mm. Because sometimes people, the other faith, uses powers, they cast spell and send things against your church. If you are not strong, your church will not stand. And and I believe that when you bring your people into God's presence, like uh, Apostle Watson was saying. You bring your people into God's presence. God empowers them to be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Like the Bible says that we have to put on the full armor of God mm-hmm. so that we can stand against the wiles and the darts of the enemy. Mm-hmm. So in Africa, people don't, people don't only fight physically, but spiritually, people can really maim you if you, if you, have, if you lose God. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I believe that our churches you now are standing because we are praying. Mm-hmm. A, lot of a, yes. a lot of Ephesians 6 going on. I like that. And I wanted to ask something to what uh, Pastor Russell was saying. I, be, I, believe, um, I believe that God in America is the same God in Africa or in Ghana. And whatever God has given to America... He has given the same to Ghana. Mm-hmm. 
And the point is, we are not striking balance, you know. People must pray, people must go to church and work at the same time. But that is what is, is lacking now. You know, people become so spiritual and they leave their physical unattended to. And uh, sometimes, you know, we call poverty. But there's no poverty in our place. Mm-hmm. If people work hard, we have oil, we have timber, we have manganese, we have gold, we have, I mean, we have almost everything like America has. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we are not striking balance. In America here, people are not striking balance too because mm-hmm. they, they, they work, they don't go to church. Mm-hmm. I'd agree, yeah. They, 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 they work so hard, they don't want to serve because they don't have time for God. But I believe that in, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 8, it says, remember, it is the Lord your God who gives you ability to produce well. So people must know that whatever we are enjoying here is from God. So we must work and then go serve God at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting perspective. I like that you brought that back to that, that Ghana has an issue with being some, sometimes overly spiritual, whereas the U.S. has a, the opposite problem of, you know, churches on Sundays, right? That's where it's that's where it stays. We don't do anything else the rest of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we live yeah. two lives, right? Right. And um yeah, and and I mean, you you mentioned the the concept of sort of the hyper spiritualization reminds me of uh some of the early church as it was developing into monasteries and things like that, which had their use, they had purpose, but they also sort of drew people away from the mission of Christ, which was to preach the gospel. And you know, these monks would just go into a building for 27 years and you never see them again, you know? And um, I don't really think that that had a lot of use, you know? Yeah. When you yeah. think about that. But um, one well, question yeah. I... Go ahead. go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. I was going to say one question I had. Uh, we had uh, at my church a, a guy that... Um, he was Nigerian and he was very uh, outspoken about some of the things that you guys were talking about here. Um, and one of the things that we talked about at length many times was about uh, spiritual forces and how he said, I think that um, like in the West people ignore the, um, the actual influence of like, like demonic presences and things like that, that we, we sort of just, we, we write it off as something else. And oh, absolutely. Like, you do like, yeah. Um, insanity, right? Right. We've got everything, a name for every mental disorder. There's though no it could possibility be else, for right? anything spiritual. Mm-hmm. Everything is just mm-hmm. scientific. Mm-hmm. And then the so, idea that here it's so crafty, like, you know, I'm sitting here on my phone and I'm searching for, you know, gifts for a kid. And then before you know it, it's right. like, yeah, there's a, an image that pops up that tempts me. And that that's not just because, because that's the craftiness of the devil. That's like saying, well, I know what your flesh wants. And even though you're looking for something that's innocent, but we don't look at it that way. We like, oh, right. that's... That's like, just an advertisement. Just ignore it or whatever. But like it he, just keeps getting imprinted into your mind over and over again. And then one day, you know, especially as men, we find ourselves clicking that ad and, and we don't even know how we got there, you know? Yeah, like he talked about in Nigeria when he would, like he knew people that would go and like literally see like apparitions and things like as they were walking in the forest or anything like that. And mm-hmm. like he, he said, you know, it's interesting that you don't see as much of that here just because he said, not because I don't think it happens, but because people ignore it. That's what his opinion was. I'm just curious what you guys have to say about that, like y'all's feelings toward that. Uh, let, there, there is something I just want us to put across and let you understand that uh, there are spiritual forces, mm-hmm. uh, as Bible have stated uh, in life. The, 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 the question comes, how do you really relate with those forces? 
uh, many at times I realized that in Africa or in some part of the world, uh, everything is relating to the demonic forces. Uh, for instance, you realize that somebody might be sick mm. who need a medical care. Yeah. Instantly, my, it might be a demon or witchcraft. So instead of taking a medical care, they rather begin to pray. They want to pray, which is good. But at the end of the day, take the person to the clinic. Let that person <laughs> get diagnosis. Let that person go through medical effective checkup. At the same time, mm-hmm. here in the state, we will look the fact of demons mm-hmm. operating. Mm-hmm. We, we underestimate them. Mm-hmm. And by reason of that, sometimes it takes advantages over the life of people. Mm-hmm. I happened to realize that there was a guy that was brought f- for prayers. This guy was having uh, issues psychologically. Right. Okay. Uh, medications have been given, being a psych ward. But at the end of the day, it's not progressing. We, we don't see any progress. So the mother decided that let me pick my guy from Dallas to Denton for prayers. Mm-hmm. Okay. After prayers, I asked and realized that she's in a psychiatric ward. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is the end result of it. She was taking the guy was taking medication, prayers were being offered, and what happened was that it, it did speed up the healing process. Mm-hmm. Certain things need to be done spiritually, and certain things need to be done physically. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, you cannot uh, override one for another. Right. I, it, what, what was it? Correct me if I'm wrong. Both of you are pastors here, so I can't remember the verse. I used it last uh, podcast, and it was talking about how when someone is sick, then you have to bring them to the elders, and then they come together and they pray over that person. And then if they're and if they are in sin, they're forgiven through the prayer. Uh, and it's like an idea of bringing in your and fellowshipping in a moment of 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 despair, and how that that you know alleviates the the. The issue with the person, it, it, it not necessarily in a, in a full healing manner, but in, in a way that that it puts their focus back on on the on God and the power of God instead of relying on this and that and the doctor. And then, basically, as we've been talking about throughout the week, it builds a faith, a faith that God has yeah. things under control because you're praying together as a group and you're united. Um, correct me if I'm wrong there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll cut you. Let, let, let me read a scripture from James chapter five, verse fourteen. Yes, sir. Is anyone sick among you? Mm-hmm. Number one, let him call for the elders of the church. That's the scripture. Number two, and let him be prayed over and anoint him with oil mm-hmm. in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's the same scripture I did. After yeah. that, go for medical checkup. <laughs> is, that <in laughs> the, is, that in the, is that in the Bible? So, yeah, it, 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 it's not in there, but the question is, you've done your part spiritually. Mm-hmm. And for all you know, it is more of a physical. Let me give you an example that happened. Okay, a lady in Ghana called me. That he, 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 she cannot hear properly. Okay, mm-hmm. and 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 anytime she picks the phone and begins to receive a call, mm-hmm. it's like they are putting fire in the ears. Right. 
Okay, so I concluded by saying that maybe it's because of the phone. <laughs> so oh. put the phone down. Yeah. yeah. He did. Yeah. Started using a headphone. Yeah. Still, it's not working. Yeah. Guess what? Now I have picture here to prove what I'm saying. Yeah. Went a, for a medical checkup and cool. not knowing there was wax in the ears. Mm -hmm. It has been there for over many, many years. Mm -hmm. So you know what they did? They have to put olive oil in their ears for three days. Yeah. And what they said, this is the picture. Can you see this in a human being? Yes. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will have That's to say that. That's disgusting, yeah. Huh? So what happened was that after the olive oil for two solid days, she went back and they washed it out. So guess what? If she had prayed and continued to pray and continued to pray, that lady would have been deaf. Hmm. So let anointing take place spiritually, mm -hmm. but see a medical professional physically as well. Mm -hmm. So we, we trust in the power of healing. We trust in God, but we don't have to be foolish. Well, God God puts a... Uh, we I like that. About this. I agree yeah. with what you said. It, it's there. the idea like that, that. that God works through everything. Everyone, and it doesn't matter if it's necessarily a believer or not a believer, God's going to do his work through those people. So he gave us medical uh, facilities. He gave us doctors. He gave us education to get that. So you know, whether they believe they're there or not for the purpose that they're there, but they're there to heal people with what we can heal on earth. So you combined, as you say, Pastor, the two. Uh, there was a story not long ago in Redding, California. Um, a group of youth were a part of a um, quote-unquote spiritual, uh, learn how to use your spiritual gifts type of class that was being promoted by a church out there. Uh, um, you know, instead of believing that God gives us our gifts, they were saying, well, let's learn how to uh, use them or, or make them work. So these kids were going around with this false idea that that we could just pray and people would be instantly healed. And a kid fell um, <clears throat> off a like a bridge or something or hurt himself really bad. Um, and uh, these people decided they were going to pray instead of call 911. And they prayed for him for 15 minutes as he passed away instead of somebody calling 911 while they prayed. I mean, that's cool. You want to pray? Pray for the person. I, I think that's correct. But also call the, the powers that God's put in place for us as well is an emergency because these ambulance could have been on the way while you were praying and they then they could have got there in the nick of time and saved this child's life. Same group of people, a different group of kids, uh, another kid had asthma and lost his, this is two incidences in the same area, lost his inhaler and he was getting his asthma and was losing his breath. And instead of calling emergency facilities they prayed for him and he ended up having brain damage and passing away like a week or two later mm. but all under the guise that you know god was going to heal him and, and even the pastor came in and was like god's going to tell him the wife like your son's gonna be healed and you've got to have faith and then and when he didn't get healed and he died she they just told her well you don't have any faith you know so that's kind of an idea that's similar to I guess what you're talking about, God puts in place generally a, a grace. We all have a general grace. We get up every morning, we eat, we're allowed to work, we're allowed to make money, we're allowed to, to be alive and do things in this world which he's given us. Um, and so that that's why we have these systems. I mean, he allowed these systems to be built, so we have to use them. But at the same time, yes, there is times when it's a spiritual issue. So hit it with both edges of the sword, as Pastor said, and I think that... Yeah. That's a definitely a good point. I think a lot of people, especially in, in this country, when it comes to healing, 
okay, yes, God does heal. He, I, I believe he still heals diseases and ailments, no question about that. But a lot of people forget that Luke, from the Bible, was a doctor. He was a medical doctor. And I don't doubt for one minute that, that even, even during the time that Jesus was walking the earth, I have no doubt Luke probably still had patients and saw them and, and administered medicine. Now, I'm sure it was natural medicine, not this pharmaceutical garbage that we have going on. Wow. Um, Whoa. But, Whoa there, uh, Buster. Yeah. Just, hey. You know, and, um, uh, uh, what, do you, what do you think of that? Yeah, I also believe that... Uh, you know, if you if you read the Bible carefully, you realize that God is hundred percent spiritual mm-hmm. and hundred percent physical. Mm-hmm. What about what about think that God created the spiritual realm? He he brought them into physical realm for us to benefit. Amen. So yeah, so though the world was created spiritually, God brought it into physical so that we can enjoy everything that we see was created in the spiritual realm before it manifested. So I believe God is 100% spiritual and 100% physical. Mm-hmm. When Jesus came, mm-hmm. it was 100% spiritual, 100% physical. Sure. There are mm-hmm. certain things that Jesus had to touch with his hands. Some to hear to speak the word. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and all. you need them in both directions. Mm-hmm. So there are certain, I believe that we should strive balance. I believe in balance. That we have to, you know, I had an instance where the guy was sick, you know, the liver, he had a problem with the, his liver. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we asked him to go to hospital and do a checkup. So he went for the test and he said, oh, you are dead. He, he, overset, he, he overheard the other doctor telling the other friend, the doctor friend, but I give him two weeks. He won't survive. Two weeks time, he would die. So the guy overheard the doctor Telling the friend that two weeks time the guy would die. So he came back. And then he told her, but the doctor saying to the friend that they, are, they have given me two weeks, only two weeks. I said, Lord, we will pray. Because there's nothing that the doctor could do. And we started praying. We started praying and we fasted and we prayed. You know, and there was a there was a miraculous healing. Man. The guy was healed miraculously. So we let him wait for six months. And then he went back to the doctor, the same hospital. So he went there, he greeted the doctor, uh, and then he was trying to introduce himself to the doctor. So I can't remember, I can't So you can't figure me out. He said, yes, who are you? It's okay. I'm the guy who came here six months ago, and you gave me two weeks to live. I said, what happened to you? <laughs> so my pastors gathered around me. They fasted and they prayed, and God intervened, and here I am. Yep. So they did another checkup, and there was no trace of any liver problem. Yeah. So I believe that, like Apostle Russell, they should strike balance. You know, there are certain things. I, I have been telling my church that before you go to hospital, I'll pray for you before. If only it's an, if it is injury or any accident, you go straight to the hospital. But if it is not, and you complain of other headache or stomachache or whatever it is, I'll lay my hands on it and pray for you. Because what uh, we need to understand in this world that there's, a, there's somebody controlling the world. And Bible calls him the prince of this world who, you know, who is, 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 a, is a wicked, is a, is a killer, is a destroyer. Mm. So he wants to inflict people with diseases and sicknesses. So sometimes we don't have to just frown and say, oh, you go to hospital, let's pray and neutralize whatever the enemy will do before we we. 
we, 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 we allow the doctor to, to come in. Yeah. So God must take the first place before yeah. that. Yes. I had a similar experience um, back in 2010 when I, I was working for Dallas PD and I was in a really bad car accident. And I was I was very messed up. Anyone who was there that day would tell you I was messed up. Yeah, it was pretty bad, man. And um, so I get I have I have to get extracted from the car. They have to cut me out and I, I ride an ambulance to the hospital. And the SWAT doc and the head uh, ER surgeon are there, and they're talking to me. And they're my foot was was the worst of it. Uh, it was completely destroyed. And they said that you're they're like we're sorry, but you know from the looks of the injury, your police days are over. You're you're at best you're going to walk with a cane and i know there are some people that would let that take root in their mind and they and they accept it and i i refused it i was like i, I looked him straight in the eye and said i re, i refuse to accept that he thought i was crazy but i prayed i prayed for my surgeon i know other people were praying for me and here i am today walking just fine still still working so amen. absolutely amen mm. amen dude um so we're about 30 minutes in uh, is there any other transitions you want to any questions we can have a uh, i know there's a lot of stereotypes from that well, we had that that uh we might want to go over that that we think and we'd like to kind of shatter those if there's any thoughts on that before before we do that i wanted to add i know i'm a little late to something that pastor roxon was saying about um, um how in this country we just prescribe mental illness so readily and how there's a, a an avenue of thought that says well it's not necessarily mental illness it's possession demon possession and in my line of work i have had people i have dealt with people that you know because i'm saved i i talk to them for for 10 seconds i can tell you they are absolutely possessed i had i had a guy in the back of my car that i initially was taking him to jail for um for pi for public intoxication and on the way to jail you know, I'm trying to share my faith with him as I do with most everyone in the back of my squad car because what better place to hear the gospel <laughs> than in the back of a squad car? When you you're know? in a desperate situation, right? And uh, his his voice changed, and he immediately started personally attacking me with his words, saying things like, he is a devil, and he decides how long I have and when I come and go and all this stuff. And, and all I could do in my mind is say, well, I know my identity is in Christ. You can't hurt me, you know, and... and I mean, in any time I mentioned the gospel, he got vehemently upset. John, you should tell that story that because um, these guys would probably enjoy that story. Well, even though it's kind of scary uh, about the young boy that the lady had brought him in for the Bible study, and he ended up. Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah. It's so terrible. It is it is radio friendly as you can, but yeah. So one night, uh, this is this is at Dallas. PD. This, yeah, this happened in Dallas. Uh, it's, it's almost the end of my shift and I'm parked close to the station. I'm, I'm ready to just go home. And this call comes in. It, it's, uh, it, it was classified as an other cause it was just a, it wasn't like a disturbance or anything, but this guy, uh, borrowed somebody's cell phone and, and said that he needed to speak to police, but he didn't say why. So I get the call. I'm, I'm a block away. I'm kind of rolling my eyes. I just want to go home. So I roll up there and I'm. I'm usually a, a pretty easygoing and patient guy, so I just stroll up to this dude, and as I'm walking up to him, I notice he's got a towel around his neck, and it's, it's, it's covered in blood. So I'm like, all right, that's not normal. But I just play it cool, and I, and I go up to him and say, hey, you know, how, how can I help you? He goes, well, I need to turn myself in. And um, I was like, okay, well, why? And I'm looking, I'm, I look people in the eye when I, when I talk to them, and something just wasn't right, and I couldn't quite 
peg it at the moment. And he goes, well, I just killed my neighbor. And I said, oh, you killed your neighbor. Okay. You know, well, when did that happen? And he said, about 15 minutes ago. So I'm thinking he's crazy, but you never know. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, we'll figure this out just for the meantime. I'm going to put some handcuffs on you. You're not in any trouble. It's just to keep everybody safe and we'll get this figured out together. Okay. And he kind of shrugs his shoulders. He's like, all right. So he basically handcuffs himself. So nonchalant. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. so weird. Yeah. And then he turns back around and we're talking and I'm looking like in his eyes and all, I'm not looking at a person. All I see in his eyes are just like a endless darkness. Like it, I can't, I, to this day, I can't find the words for it, you, but you knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and the more I talked to him, the more my spirit was like, you need to be careful. And so I, I radioed to some other officers to go check out the address that he said that where this happened. And uh, he wasn't joking. He, he, there was a neighbor that, you know, she was trying to reach out to him and do Bible study and, and lead him. But he took more interest in Satan than he did Christ. And, you know, in her Bible, in her own blood, after he killed her, he wrote, you know, son of Satan. Mm. Uh, and he was, I won't go into detail, but I'll just suffice it to say he was extremely brutal. Um, it, was a, uh, it, just, say it was a stabbing. He stabbed her, didn't he? Many, many, many times. Yeah. Yeah, many times. Then, I won't catch you. Look at this, for instance. Uh. Do we see... He's mentally retarded. No. Or do we say he's a satanic? So it, sometimes people are possessed, demon possessed, and people classify them by their action, by their act as crazy. Look, Such an individual doesn't need a psychiatric evaluation or prayer. Mm-hmm. He needs prayer. Yes, and here's why. Because after I took him to headquarters to be inter- uh, interviewed by the homicide detective, they asked him at the end of the interview, why did you do it? And he just, just as easy as I'm talking to you, he said, I just wanted to know what it sounded like. Hmm. Yeah, and, and and how just unemotional he was about it. Absolutely blind. Right, yeah, just completely even just blase. Even at uh, his trial, it's like he, he, he was there, but he wasn't. It's so weird. So uh, when we look at it from a spiritual perspective, what happened is that, demons are always looking for a vessel yeah. to mm-hmm. occupy yeah and realize that that moment in time that vessel was vacant so that demon has possessed him over the years and every demon has a specific assignment mm. so this demon's assignment he was in to perform the assignment you realize that after he has finished the assignment he became conscious of his self and wanted to turn himself in. Yeah. So which means that by then, that demon is no longer in existence or he has subdued because mm. he has done what he came to do. Man. So uh, that is what is very, very, very important. That is what we have to know, especially in schools. You realize that people are picking guns and shooting around mm-hmm. randomly. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's interesting. And we are taking them for mentally retarded. No, 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 no. They are demons. Yes, Mm. I agree. Most of them are demons. How can a child, how can a teenager just take a gun, randomly begin to shoot and kill people? And it is happening in schools. The devil catch them when they are young, in their teenage stage. 
So they are processed. So they need prayers. And that is what I'm much concerned that Christians in this country are taking it for granted. They want to pass the gun law. It is not law. It is prayers. Wow. People yeah. need to come together and begin to pray and then break the curse and the demons. Yeah. You can yeah. pass the law, but when the demon is still in existence, the law is lawless. Mm -hmm. They are aware of the law. They know the law. Yeah. Don't take their gun. Pray for them. And so we overlook so many things and begin to uh, add more flavor to things and begin to call it politics. We play politics with everything. Mm -hmm. Things of this nature is not politics. Okay. And, and, and my major concern is that the Christians in this nation, United States, are still sleeping. Yep. Whilst people Amen. are picking the guns and killing. Politicians are rising up and they are speaking anyhow any from they are marching to Washington, they are marching to Congress. Where are the Christians Amen. doing? Amen. Have we Amen. Uh, come out to organize prayer nationwide against Violent killing? No. No. Uh, is there any church who is doing a crusade to pray for children in school? No. And we have removed the Bible from the schools. Yeah, Yet Amen. this will continue. Uh, uh, gone are the days in our days when you go to school, there's an assembly. When there's a prayer being said by the reverend minister in charge of the school, we have chaplains in hospitals. Why can't we have chaplains in school? Amen. I, I was, let me say this. Uh, um, <clears throat> the, the, the devil is so happy when he sees that you are naive about his activities. He sees that you are ignorant. You don't know that he's behind this, you know. Mm -hmm. And this thing, you think that, the, like you said, the person is mad, he's crazy. No, no, this guy who had, who was living in the tomb in Mark chapter 5, mm -hmm. they thought that the guy was crazy. Yeah. But he was full of the devil. About 2,000 demons were living in this guy. But, you know, he was, the family were ignorant about that. You know, Satan is a masquerader. Why? Because he can, he can just disguise himself and hide behind something. And you think that oh, this is just ordinary. That is what the people in this country don't believe. Yeah, it's been glossed Amen. over, Pastor. It's been glossed over. Here it's, it's, it's explained off. Everything's explained off. Um, yep. it, it, it's just, it's so... I've been having a hard time dealing with a lot of that myself because, you know, I want to learn, 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 read my word, get the theology, get the doctrine down, understand like my place in Christ. And that's huge. And that's important. The gospel is quite important. But here in America, we just, we've got a name for everything. And let, guy. And but, let, uh, me, let me conclude yeah. what Apostle yeah. Roxon was saying. You know, when, when the devil came into the garden, yes, the garden of Eden, mm -hmm. Eve saw the snake. He didn't see the devil. He, he, she thought yeah. he was speaking with a snake. Mm -hmm. But is it unusual? It's so unusual to see a snake speaking to a human being. <laughs> but you know, you thought that this is a snake. Like did so all the, the other devil, animals speak the, too? The, the, the devil, the devil <laughs> yeah. disguised himself. Yeah. He was behind that, this snake. Because the snake was still around. But the devil wasn't a snake. So like Apostle said, he looked for a vessel. And then he puts himself into the vessel, mm -hmm. and you said it's a masquerader. So when he entered the garden, they didn't see him, mm -hmm. but he was there. So that is what is happening in this country. Mm -hmm. A lot of things are happening. Amen. It's Amen. purely demonic, but people yeah. don't see it from that angle. Yeah. I don't want to open it's, it. It's, 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 it's just, it's just yeah. headache. It's just, it's just gun. Because we have spiritual gun too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I don't want to open physical it. and the spiritual one. Mm-hmm. But here, they believe only in the physical. Absolutely. But the, the spirit behind the gun, they don't know it. So yeah. that is the and problem. It, it's going to happen again in Revelation with the Antichrist. Uh, yeah. It's going to indwell the Antichrist. Yeah. It's the same thing. So like Apostle is saying, people might be able to go back into the pneumaticals, into the spiritual, and then know why people behave in certain certain way, why people do certain things. Because sometimes it's just a spell. It's just an influence. A spirit taking over the person's understand like apostle is saying so we see that and we talk about that here and how it's kind of an invisible but strong force that we tend to ignore yeah. what what does it look like in other countries where there's not so much of a of a, a distraction a daily distraction you know like we're, we're back in ghana like what does that look like you know i've been told things and they sound outlandish and I don't ever want to make judgments on hearsay. So, like, like here, you know, I, I may not know that Satan's coming at us. It's all a distraction, right? Like, for instance, these kids shooting up the schools, they're, they're, you know, a lot of them are angsty teens that feel like they've been rejected by yeah, society that, or whatever. And is, it's all a backbone. You know, we started this whole, like, treat everybody equal, everybody this, everybody that, everybody gets a trophy, nobody loses. And then when these kids get older and they realize, you do in fact are going to face trials and tribulations they're not prepared for it because their parents were not founding them in Christ they're not founding them in God and, and as you said the foundation of God is no longer a part of yeah. the let, United let, States let me tell you what, what, what is happening distractions are in everywhere regardless Okay. but the problem we have here is that children have a lot of liberty right okay mm. there is no parental control okay yes I have my right <laughs> Even a child of one year can pick and call 911. It is good. But the question comes that it makes it very difficult to instill some discipline in a child. Okay, go ahead. I just wanted to add, and I, get, I can't tell you, I'm, I'm so glad you're talking about this because I can't tell you how many calls I get at work about a parent, a father, calling 911 because his eight-year-old is out of control. And I show up, and the first thing I ask is, well, did you spank him? Oh, oh, we don't do that in this house. Well, there you go. I'm out, <laughs> you know? That is it. So, so, so it's from the house. Uh, one, the problem we should look at it at, let us look at it from a spiritual point of view. Okay. Train up the child the way he should go, and we never depart from it. Father... Smoking in the presence of a child. Father watching some adult movies in the presence of a child. Mm -hmm. Father giving access to a child in so many things. So what happens is that the child begins to grow and realize that it is his right duty to do certain things. Even my father is doing. There are Mm. certain things we need to do as an adult in the absence of children. Okay, I have happened to see a father watching wrestling with a son. And this guy comes to the church and then he wants to bully the children in the children's service simply because the father is a fan of wrestling. And when the father is watching, the son of 70 years old is still watching with the daddy. But he doesn't understand that it's fake and he doesn't understand that it's just a show. That so he it. wants to do but, it in but, real but life. Yeah, In Africa... You will not even have that privilege to sit down to watch that kind of stuff with your child. And so there is a traditional, there is a, uh, what do we call it, 
uh, uh, norms, ethical things manifesting. And then the question comes, a father will not even have an access of a gun, let alone the child. Okay, how can a father buy a gun? Christmas is coming. Mm-hmm. You will see a lot of parents buying a gun as a gift. Water gun? <laughs> a seed gun? Name Nerf, all the guns. So what, guns, what, 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 what are you trying? Uh, you, you are trying to put in the mind of the child that this is a weapon. Personally, none of my child have received a gun as a gift. I don't want you to go through that. What you receive as a gift is a textbook. Because you, you want to put in the mind of the child what he yeah. should focus on. And so many parents, Christian parents, even do that. Unconsciously, Amen. you are training the child. If you buy a basketball for your child's birthday or Christmas, you are telling the child, I want you to play basketball. And so if you buy a gun, I want you to go out shooting people, killing people. So we have to ignore those moral stuff. And we don't want to inculcate negative sentiment in the life of a child. Mm-hmm. And so that is the challenges. Over in Africa, I've realized that all that you need to do is that in the morning, you will be sprinkled with water to wake up. Mm-hmm. They wake you up, morning devotion. Mm-hmm. Morning devotion, go do all your house duties. Mm-hmm. After house duties, breakfast. Breakfast, go to school. Or if not school, let's go to church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some people even don't have breakfast, as the person is even saying. But the question is that even unbelievers, people who don't go to church, believe that when you wake up in the morning, you need to pray. Buddhists wake up in the morning, they need to pray. Mm-hmm. Fetish priests wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. they need to pray. Mm-hmm. Christians wake up in the morning, they don't pray in the United States. Guess what? The alarm sound 5 a.m., brush your teeth, put on your shirt, your pants, your jacket, hi, see you, you're going to work. Because if you don't clock in and clock out, you'll be evicted from your house. So we are geared, a mindset, a focus on moving out, go get money, come home and spend. We don't have time mm. for the kids to yeah. raise them and to train them and bring them in a godly manner. Yeah. So children here, it is not their fault. It is the fault of the father and then the mothers. Amen. Yeah. Also, let me also add, you know, the, the, the enemy, right from the beginning, the genesis of life, you know, the enemy attacked the family. Now, Adam, mm, Adam wasn't watching, Eve wasn't watching. The enemy entered the family, you know. Mm-hmm. Adam and Eve, you know, he started with husband and wife. The enemy attacked the family, and then he was able to prevail over them. And so it is now, you know, Christianity is a practical religion. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not all that. It's, it's more, many a time, the question is to be more practical, not to be more spiritual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like Apostle was saying, you see a pastor preaching against something. And he goes behind the building and, and that's the same thing that he's, he's preaching. He, he's struggling with it. Yeah. And some of the church members know that our pastor is struggling with adultery. Yeah. You, you, are, not, you are not deceiving anybody. Right. What you are burdened will not stand. So like you're saying, the, the, the father is smoking in the presence of the child. Mm-hmm. You are not telling the child not to smoke. He's learning from you. Mm-hmm. So, the practicality is what 
what is really lacking in Christianity in, in life. Mm-hmm. I have to live what I preach. I have right. to live what I teach. If my, my, my children don't see me praying, like he said, they will not they will not pray. Right. And if I'm not a prayer warrior, if I'm not somebody who likes praying, I can't organize my children for prayer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's a practical something that we need to do for people to know that this is our belief. Mm-hmm. And this is our our, our, our practices and our, and our way of life. So, in, in like you say, in this country, a lot of people believe that, oh, if I get money, if I get this, if I get that, I'll be okay. Yeah, mm. but absolutely. That, but that's not Christianity. No, no, amen. Christianity is bringing God into the daily, I mean, contemporary life, you yeah. know. Every day you let God take control mm-hmm. so that Satan cannot take control by the family. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to add to what he's saying. Yeah. Otherwise, it becomes so spiritual and uh, there's nothing practical about the whole thing. If I'm a pastor and I'm preaching against stealing and embezzlement and things like that, my members, my members should see in me that I'm living what I preach. Right. It's the fruit. The, the, the fruit is of grace. Yes. the fruits yes. of the Spirit through you. Yes. They should know that, that Christ is dwelling in you and that, yes. that you are. And I, was, I wanted to ask when the Father is buying the... the is it water gun, whatever you are saying? <laughs> what, 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 what is this for? What's for what? It's for fun. It's for fun. Yeah, they're, they're, you did it. Well, okay, so. You know water gun? But to clarify. To but, clarify. It's a, but it's a training. Yeah, just you to clarify. You, to, you start with the water one, you know, and then you, you move the from the. Yes. <laughs> so it's a training. So, yeah, it, to clarify, um, I mean, I had water guns when I was a kid, but my grandfather took me out, and he was a hunter. Um, and he taught me respect for weapons and what they could do to people and how they work and how not to do things. And he laid down, just as we're talking about for Christianity, a foundation of respect for this this thing. And we would take me out and we'd get the little twenty two rifle and we'd shoot the cans. But he would never let me take it alone. He would always be with me, always teaching me, always correcting me, always uh, admonishing me as we're supposed to do as Christians with each other and making sure that I'm not doing anything that can harm one another another person um, when uh, I was there. So what what did you really learn from that? I learned the respect of weapons. I mean, I have myself a a weapon in my home, but it's locked up. It's sealed. It's not, not loaded. It's not available to kids. Did your grandfather did that? It's when I was like eight. Okay. So Mm. look at this. (laughs) Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Eight years of age, Mm -hmm. learning, training you how to handle weapon. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's nothing wrong. You have mm-hmm. to start early. Well, he taught me also what not to do. Okay. And instilled so, so, that deeply so inside what, of me. Yes. What, what you need to do, yeah. or what I feel should have been done, yeah. I will wait when we were a teenager. Yeah. Probably eight years, I'll give you books. You need to stay. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, I had but, plenty of those. Don't yes, worry. Yeah, yeah, I know. But the question is that uh, I don't want to lay any foundation at the very tender age mm-hmm. where you cannot take effective decisions for yourselves. So let's cross the border. Right. I want you to make sure if legally you are supposed to vote at the age of 18, right. I'm going to train my child, my son, at 18 years. I know that he's entering from adult, he's in the adolescent stage, going to a manhood. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's go and practice how to shoot, how okay. to protect yourself at right. 18. Because I know at that stage, mentally you are sound. You can be able to handle, take a decision and be responsible but not at eight years of age. I don't agree with that. Uh, no, but the other time, uh, yesterday I was saying something to somebody that um, if you if you get your freedom too early, 
Yeah. Too early. Your freedom is too early. You can't throw you over the edge of life. Eh? Oh, I was life. not free with any of that stuff, just so you know. <laughs> my grandfather wouldn't let me touch it unless he was around. So, yeah. My mother, if your grandfather's not around, it's because of how your grandfather raised you. You will go and steal it and want to practice on your own. It, right. it, it, it's the zeal. Right. If we're a child, we all did stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. So, assuming if your grandfather's not around, <laughs> you want to handle it and hey, be, uh, daddy, <laughs> grandpa, you're wasting yeah. time. I need grandpa. Can we do it tomorrow? Grandpa. Then you get frustrated. You want to try it on yourself. And guess what? If you're not careful, mm -hmm. you might misuse it. Right. Now, right. About besides that, besides that, like I, I said, in Ghana, some people have shotguns, you know, mm -hmm. have guns. And from the statistics, about any percent of those who have those shotguns have used it to kill their wives. Oh man! When they get angry, they go and pick it and shoot their wife. That's but lack more, of knowledge, right 80%, there. percent. Yeah. They don't know how to handle it because when you are angry, somebody irritates you so much That's and you can't. It's, it's unbearable. I'll let the police to... officer give us the details on on all that stuff. So so <laughs> about so the aftermath about guns. Uh, so I I believe that you know it's it's all amount to freedom. Yeah. No freedom. It also has to do with us as well. Like, as my grandfather, my grandfather put everything under lock and key and taught me. And even if I wanted to do it, I would get punished for overstepping my boundary as well. I mean, moving on past that, we're at our 54-minute mark, so we're getting okay. close to 60 I was going to ask you about that. But go ahead, and uh, if there's any other questions that we have, John? No, no, I don't, actually. Sorry. You, no, okay. I didn't have anything on that, um, but I did have one that I was curious about for you guys, which was um, I know that Ghana has a really uh, rising population of Muslims, right? Ghana is about 70% 70, 70 Christians and 30% Okay, well, that's still way more than in the United States for right. sure. I'm just curious how that, how you guys um, interact with people of the Muslim faith. Like, how does that work within Ghana? And like, um, do you actively minister to them? Um, yeah, we, we're living in peace because I, mm. you, you have to be careful what you, what you preach Mm. You know, you are you are there to save people. You don't need to attack them. You know. I agree. You know, everybody has his own belief, personal belief. So I don't need to attack you mm. to be able to win you over. <laughs> yes, yeah. I have to Agreed. preach what I believe, mm. and so we don't attack. If you attack them, they will retaliate. So we don't mm. we don't do that. So there's peace mm. between the Christians and the Muslims. Yes. Oh, okay. I, um, it looks like we're right on an hour. Um. Mm. And Pastor Roxon has another meeting, so we're going to go ahead and uh, shut it down. Anybody have a final thought? Anybody want to say anything? about the Muslim you talk about. Uh, I happen to be in Freetown, Ceylon, and they are lovely. What happened is that the Muslims come to the church. <laughs> Christians go to the mosque. I, I don't know about any other place, but Freetown. Seems a little goodness, backwards, yeah. Oh, my goodness. They relate... Muslims come for prayers. They, they relate so lovely. Hmm. Yeah. But the question is that most of them intend to uh, confess and tend to be Christian. Hmm. It's, it's difficult for a Christian to be Muslim. But most of them, they'll be coming to the church. I've ministered to most of them when I go to Freetown Faith Assemblies of God Church. Most of them comes for prayers and they are zeal. Before you go the next time, they are now members. Wow. Freetown, you just find out. Ask anybody from Sierra Leone. The Muslims and Christians, they live happily as if that, 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 that's no problem. But at the end of the day, gradually the community 
it's transforming a lot of them. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that, that's what's happening for it. I want to check this in. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Anyone? Well, wherever we're from, whatever part of the world we're from, one thing I can say we do and we do well is we do what, guys? Love Jesus. Love we Jesus. absolutely do. We love Jesus. Love Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is Thanks again, guys, for joining us. I appreciate it. Again, a beautiful Saturday afternoon. This is our first meetup, and I want to thank both Pastor Roxanne and Pastor Isaac for coming. Thank you guys so much. Um, and I hope that you uh, heard some interesting conversation. We weren't really necessarily biblical, factual, all the way through and stuff. So um, it's just a good conversation, and that's what our new meetups are going to be. So, guys, look for us again uh, on Instagram. What's that, John? Laid on dot the table. All right, and ask us any questions, any concerns, any advice. Even if you want to give us topic, uh, go ahead and shoot. And uh, again, have a wonderful day, and I hope that we see you next time. Thank you, guys. God bless. God bless. Woot woot!